Welcome. Here at Waterstone, we focus on living and loving like Jesus. In practice, this means that we connect with one another, engage in justice, and serve others sacrificially. We are so glad that you're here and invite you to join us in person. If you're able to attend weekend services, we gather on Saturday at 5.30 and Sunday at 9 and 10.30. It's good to be with you. We are continuing our series uh, on vision. And last week, Larry opened it up uh, talking about vision, our mission statement and our vision statement and where we're going uh, in the coming year and who we want to be as a church. Um, and I'm really excited about this morning because I am going to be trying to cast vision for a new discipleship strategy that we have at Waterstone. Um, and I, I really believe this, that this can be a defining moment in the life of our church, that there can be Waterstone before uh, this initial discipleship strategy and Waterstone after this new discipleship pathway. Um, and what you need to know about today's message is that it has been about um, two years in the making. So two summers ago, in the midst of COVID and political unrest and racial tension, uh, the leadership team at Waterstone, uh, Larry, Billy, Sarah, Emily, myself, Elliot, Brad, um, our elders, Marla, we got together and we began praying together, dreaming together about what was next for Waterstone. We were in the midst of the first ever transition from our former senior pastor, Nick, to Larry, and we were about a year into that. Um, and then it felt like the world blew up and we kind of shook the snow globe of our staff organization and everybody landed in different seats. We planted a church. Uh, Billy stepped over to executive pastor. And so in the midst of all of this transition, all of this change, we gathered together. We were praying. We were dreaming, meeting in coffee shops and rooms to just ask, God, what is next for our church? And one of the core things that kept coming up over and over and over again in these conversations was just this hunger our leadership had for more Jesus. We wanted a, a more full, robust discipleship to Jesus Christ. We were hungry for revival and for connectivity to the spirit and presence of God. And then not just for people in the pews, but we were longing for that for ourselves. We wanted to, to experience the power and transformation of the gospel and to be a church that is radically marked and changed by the person of Jesus Christ. And so as we were praying that and, and asking for that and, and trying to seek what that would look like for Waterstone, I have to be honest that that, that hunger for me personally was coming from a place of desperation. Uh, to be really vulnerable with you, I was in a season of life where I was kind of shifting roles at the church. I went from our, being our missions pastor to stepping into this new role of teaching pastor. And from the outside looking in, people that observed my life would probably think that things were going pretty well. Uh, it looked like I was stepping into a new season of ministry. I was getting to exercise my gifts. It looked like my family life was going great. It looked like I was following Jesus. And, and the truth is that inside, I, I was crumbling. I, I was just falling apart. And the truth is that I was deconstructing a lot of the faith that I had been handed to as a child um, and wrestling with my faith and, and going through a season of doubt and exploration and wondering where's God in the midst of that. Uh, I was beginning to be aware of things that had even happened in my childhood that I'd been ignoring or unaware of and how that was shaping me and forming me and, and impacting my life as an adult. Uh, to be honest with you, my, my marriage was struggling because of those things and because of how I was treating Steffi in the midst of that. I mean, my world felt like it was just coming undone as we're praying and asking for more of Jesus to come into our lives. 
And I was just feeling this gap, this, this kind of separation between this life I had been promised that if I follow Jesus, I will experience the abundant, full, fulfilling life. And I was experiencing the gap between that promise and what I was experiencing in my actual daily life, which was weariness and depression and anger and anxiety and insecurity. And I don't know if you've ever been there where you felt that gap between this promise of what Jesus says he offers us, that the life that he has on offer to us, and our lack of experience of that kind of life. But that's where I was. And what I realized is that I had been following Jesus since I was five years old. I had been a Christian since I was five. In my 30s, I was awakening to the reality that there were whole areas of my life that had been untouched by Jesus in the gospel. I didn't know what to do with that. I was devastated. I was confused. And I was just so frustrated that I didn't have the Jesus that I had been longing for. And my heart was just crying out for more Jesus. And I was feeling stuck. I wanted to change, but I couldn't change. I didn't know how to change. And I felt like I'd been stuck in that place for years. And then you try to step into a new role and tell people about the love and greatness of Jesus Christ. And you're like, there's an incongruity there in your soul. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know if, if, if everything I'm saying to you just feels like I'm speaking Latin and you're like, nope, actually I'm really content. Everything's always been good. I've never had any struggles, any worries. I've never felt that disconnection between my experience and the promise of the life with God and that fulfilling, abundant life. I've just always had that. that. That might be you. And if that is, man, may your tribe increase and may you impact our community. But my hunch is that many of you have been in that place. And I don't know whether it's because of maybe apathy or just indifference to the person of Jesus or just a general busyness where you feel like the next season of life will be the one that you step more fully into discipleship with him. I don't know if, if you're maybe in a season of crisis or you have been in a season of crisis where it just doesn't make sense where God is in the midst of that. My hunch is you have too experienced that gap between the promise of the full life of Jesus and the lack of experiencing that life with Jesus. And as we were sitting in those rooms talking about wanting more Jesus, wanting to experience the power and the presence of God in our lives and in our community, a phrase that kept coming up and we kept kind of returning to and dancing around and that kept getting battered around was this idea of becoming more like Jesus. And it was in that phrase, becoming more like Jesus, that, that something clicked for the first time. I'd probably heard that phrase over a thousand times in my life, but you ever have those moments where, where it just clicks in a new way and, and you, suddenly you see something you didn't see before? The light bulb went on for me, if you will. And in that moment of talking about become like Jesus, what I realized is that if I want to become like Jesus, I have to change. And that might sound simple and really silly for a pastor to say, but, but what I realized is what I was experiencing was not a lack in the person of Jesus, but it was a gap in my discipleship in the way that I was following him. So to become like Jesus, I needed to give over some of these spaces in my life and let him transform me through the power of his spirit and his presence. And, and I hadn't done that. I would kept these things and ignored those spaces that Jesus was calling me to step into. And what I realized, with the, there was that gap of experience, but that had so much to do with my discipleship. 
and my own spiritual transformation. And I love the way that Dallas Willard puts it because I began this journey of just trying to read everything I could and talk to as many people as I could about what it looks like to become more like Jesus. And and Dallas Willard has been deeply influential, but this is what he says about the process of spiritual formation. He says, spiritual formation in the Christian tradition is a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. That's what I was missing. That's what I was longing for. And if you are in that space too, my guess is that that there's something maybe stirring in your soul that realizes that, that being permeated and possessed by the person of Jesus, being formed into his image, becoming more like him, exhibiting the character traits of Jesus, it is something that all of us are longing for and deeply desire. And if you're like me, you're not quite sure how to make that happen. That, that, that you feel just kind of stuck. You know that's the goal of Christian discipleship. You know that's the goal of the faith. And yet most of your life remains untouched and unchanged by the gospel. And so the question is, how do we step into that? How do we begin to change? And so this journey that I've kind of been on personally and collectively with the leadership at our church, uh, it's kind of led to this new idea. Um, And really it's it's an old idea, but if we want to become more like Jesus, we need to step into deeper levels of discipleship with Jesus. And as we talked about that, the, the kind of program, the discipleship pathway, this idea that was birthed out of that was this idea called Wednesdays at Waterstone. And that's really what I want to talk with all of you about today. Is, is, and I want to unpack the nuts and bolts of Wednesdays at Waterstone, what we're doing at Wednesdays at Waterstone. And then I want to talk a little bit about why we're doing Wednesdays at Waterstone. So you may have heard that we have this new program. We're going to be gathering together on Wednesday nights. You may have even registered for a class already. We're so excited about this. But the question I get most about Wednesdays at Waterstone is I've heard there's kids stuff. I heard there's adult stuff. I heard you're going to feed me. But like, what is it? How does all that fit together? So really simple, nuts and bolts, here's just kind of a, a schedule of what Wednesdays at Waterstone is going to look like. We have programming for early childhood, so, so itty-bitty infants all the way to kindergarten, first grade through fourth grade, fifth, sixth, youth, all the way up to adults. We're going to gather together at 6 o'clock out in the hub for dinner, where we're going to have a community meal together, where we can engage with one another, check in, see how our week's going. Enjoy pizza, good pizza, not bad pizza. We won't be doing like Little Caesars or anything, so you don't have to worry about that. We'll be allergy-friendly if you're dairy or gluten-free. We'll have options for you. And then we'll also have salad because you got to have some veggies too, right? Like we just got to work that in there. So we're going to have a good meal together, and we're going to fellowship and have fun and have conversation and, and, and build community at this family table. And it's anyone who's 1 to 91 is welcome in this space. And then at 6.30, after we've eaten together, we're going to break off and we'll have child care for the young kids. We'll have kids discipleship where Kat, who just led us in prayer, she's going to be discipling our first through fourth graders over the same material that we'll be doing in some of our adult classes. We're really excited for that. And we'll have normal youth programming for fifth, sixth, um, all the way up through middle school and high school where they'll be meeting in the rooms around uh, the building. And then for adults, what we're adding is two core classes and small groups on Wednesday nights. So Wednesdays at Waterstone is going to be a nine-week discipleship program where we are going to press into what it means to follow Jesus 
more fully in our lives. And we're going to have eight weeks of, of class, and then the final week we're going to have a big celebration. We'll have good food, a, kind of a feast meal, and we're going to gather in here to worship and share stories about what God has done, kind of an open mic night. I'm really excited for this program. But I want to tell you a little bit more about two of the classes that we're going to have on offer. So one of them is Practicing the Way of Jesus, and the other is a class called Overcome. And actually to explain Overcome, I want to invite my friend Kimberly Britt uh, to come on up. She is the director, um, executive director of My Quiet Cave, which is kind of the, the organization that gave us the material for Overcome. Um, but Kimberly, thanks for, for coming. Uh, I know you're really excited about Waterstone kind of launching into this. So can you tell us a little bit about what My Quiet Cave does um, so everybody who's not familiar might, might get a, a picture of that? Sure. So My Quiet Cave is a nonprofit ministry that helps people affected by mental and emotional health challenges to experience hope and a sense of belonging in the family of God. And we do that by equipping people to lead mental wellness groups in their churches and communities. And we have several programs for adults and for youth and teens, and one of those groups is Overcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of this work that you do, it actually comes from your personal story, and you're, you're so passionate about it because it, it's been really transformational in your own life and what your experience with Christ has been. So you share a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, but unfortunately, I experienced abuse and a lot of trauma, and I did not um, know how to reconcile that really as a Christian or really how to navigate through that because my church didn't talk about trauma and they didn't talk about mental health. And so when I started experiencing depression and anxiety, I just, uh, I just felt like there was something wrong with me because all I had seen of Christians was that they were seemed perfect on the outside right. and they were happy all the time and I did not feel that I just felt very empty and sad inside and um, I was afraid to tell people and really to talk about that because I was ashamed as well and just really afraid and so I hid how I was feeling and I pretended everything was okay and I found very unhealthy ways of coping throughout uh, my life I uh, threw myself in toxic relationships and disordered eating, and eventually addiction. And I was in and out of church for many years. I just did not feel like I belonged in the family of God. Yeah. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere, really, until graduate school. Yeah. And that's where I found a group, my cohort of Christian counseling students, and these people, they really just got me. Uh, I felt at home with them. They were people who loved Jesus, and they also talked about Things. They talked about their struggles with mental health. They talked about their divorces or addictions. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I was seen and accepted for who I was. And just being able to talk about our struggles really improved my mental health. But more importantly, this group of people helped me to experience the spiritual healing that I needed to undo a lot of the false beliefs that I had about myself and God. And I now get to work with My Quiet Cave and yeah. trying to really replicate the same kind of supportive, authentic community that I have. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for, for being vulnerable and sharing. Sorry, I know I just did, and that can be a little bit jarring to share like everything that's going on, but um, we really want to, to create space where people can be honest about their things that they're going through. Um, I think, just to your story and, and to so many of us, 
one of the reasons we don't experience transformation is because we don't know how to, to kind of put out there the things that we're going to, to be honest about the things that we're going through. And so that's really the, the heart for Overcome. Um, and so could you tell us a little bit about how Overcome creates that safe uh, environment and community for people to kind of walk through transformation through hard things? Sure, so Overcome, it's an eight-week group for people to gather and to build community, but also gain tools and skills for coping during difficult seasons. And that season might be a mental health challenge or supporting someone with a mental health challenge. And it could also be maybe you're in a season of grief, uh, going through a divorce, or just feeling really overwhelmed with the stress of life. I know I've been there a lot. Uh, and so it's, a, it's an eight-week group. It is peer-led, so everybody in the group really understands kind of what you're going through or similarly, and you use workbooks, this one right here, to go through to give a little more structure and to, to give more tools and skills for wellness. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit about Overcome. Uh, would you guys just thank Kimberly for sharing a little bit of her heart and what we're gonna be doing? As we step into to this new disciple, we want to create spaces where people can be honest about their, their struggles and the challenges of life that they're going through. Um, I, I firmly believe that if we want to be transformed by the power of Christ, we have to stop hiding ourselves from one another and Jesus. And so Overcome will hopefully help us step in to some of those spaces. The other class that we're going to be offering on Wednesday nights is called Practicing the Way of Jesus. Uh, and Practicing the Way of Jesus is a, a curriculum and a, and a course that myself and Kat and a few others are working on and developing, but, but the heart behind practicing the way of Jesus is really how do we kind of get out of the ruts that we are feeling in discipleship? How do we begin to integrate Jesus into every area of our life instead of living that, that compartmentalized life where we feel a gap between experiencing the full abundant life of Jesus and the frustration um, and, and maybe even shame that we feel about not being the kind of Christian that we're supposed to be. And so we're really excited to, to kind of dive in uh, to those two courses. We will also have small groups available. And, and here's the, the, the heart behind why we're offering these two particular courses. Is if you ask anyone, and if you just even think about your own story, most often the time that you grow the most is the time that you are going through challenge. And challenge happens in either circumstances or by choice. So circumstances that are challenging, the seasons of suffering or, or grief or loss or, or where you are, are just struggling with your faith. And in those seasons, we want to know how do we make those experiences and those circumstances transformative in our lives to draw us closer to the image of Christ rather than deforming us and causing us to be bitter or angry or, or lost or lonely. And so that's really what Overcome is designed to do is help us step into that space in challenging seasons and circumstances to be transformed form to become more like Jesus. And the second way that we're often challenged is, is maybe life is going okay for you. Uh, maybe it's a little stressful and you feel a little busy, but, but you actually need to choose to challenge yourself. And that's practicing the way of Jesus. It's going to be a, a fairly intensive course. There's going to be homework. We're going to ask you to write some reflective papers. You're going to be going through the class with a cohort of six to eight other people where there will be group discussions. You're going to be doing spiritual practices throughout the week. It, it, it might feel like a lot. But the hope of the class is that as we step into some of these, these spaces, as we challenge ourselves, 
that, that we might experience more of the life that Jesus has on offer to us. And, and so those are the two spaces that we're going to be providing for, for classes on Wednesdays at Waterstone. We also have small groups. And so you might be in a season where that feels like a lot. You just want to be connected. And so small groups is a great option still. We're going to be going through the book of Acts um, all fall. We've got some other curriculum available as well. If your small group would like to join us on Wednesdays um, and just have the community meal with us, meet some other people, and then break off, you're welcome to do that. If your small group would want to go through one of the courses together, we would love to see that happen as well. So there's lots of, of options available for everyone. Now here's the way that, that you can help us, is if you were excited about Wednesdays at Waterstone, and if you were thinking uh, um, about maybe signing up or registering for one of these classes, uh, then there's a QR code that we're going to throw up on the screen. And you can help us out by registering early. This is all going to start on September 21st. Um, we're really excited. It'll be nine weeks, so leading right up until the, the week before the week of Thanksgiving. Um, and we would love to see people register. It would help us know how much food and what rooms to use and that kind of thing. If you want to talk with your small group about maybe doing one of the classes, have those conversations. Um, but this QR code will take you to the Wednesdays at Waterstone website. It'll answer more questions about what's going on. If you have any like concerns, you can reach out to me um, or questions or any confusion. Um, would love to see people begin to register. We've already had some of our classes begin uh, filling up and some of our rooms filling up with small groups. So we're really, really excited. Um, if this semester is not right for you, um, then I also want to just point out that we've got some, some classes coming up. This is a kind of a long-term strategy for us over the next couple of years. So this fall we're act, uh, offering Practicing the Way of Jesus and we're offering Overcome. In the spring of next year we'll be offering Essentials of the Christian Faith. We'll, we'll be looking at core doctrine and beliefs of Christianity. We'll be offering Overcome again and we'll also be offering the Alpha Marriage Course. And then in fall of 2023 we're going to be offering a, a class called The Story of the Kingdom of God where we're going to walk through Scripture, Genesis to Revelation over the course of the semester and just kind of try to get an understanding of what Scripture is, how we study it, and what the story of God's kingdom is. Again, Overcome will be offered, and then in the spring of 2024, we're just going to kind of have an elective semester with lots of different class options. Um, I'm really excited about this. If you know me or want to know my heart, um, not this program, but this way of spiritual formation is what I am so passionate about. It's what I care deeply about and what I want to see happen in our church. I believe that if we encounter the person of Jesus, that he does have the power to transform and change and grow us more into his image. And so these programs are not a magic bullet or a silver bullet. To, magic bullet? I don't think that's a phrase. They're not a silver bullet just to, to answer all of our questions and, and to solve all of our problems. But I do believe that if we press into some of this, we can experience more of the Jesus that we're longing for. Now, as you see all of this, you may be asking the question of, well, why are we offering this? Like, we just talked through the nuts and bolts of, of what we're doing, but for you, it might feel like, wow, that's a lot. Like, why? I'm doing Sunday morning, I'm in a small group, I've got a Bible study. Why do I need one more thing on my plate? Why, why, Waterstone does a ton of stuff. We just heard church life, we've got Waterstone Serves, we've got Alpha. Why are we offering more programming for our church? And why were we thinking we need to, to add a whole nother night of the week that we're engaging with one another? And it's really born out of this idea that, that culture is drastically shifting. And we've talked about that a lot as a church. But what it looks like to follow Jesus in 2022 and beyond looks very different than what it looked like 10, 20, even 50 years ago. 
And as culture is shifting rapidly, like just think about the, the way that, that we are just shaped by culture around us. We are constantly being formed by the culture and the environments that we find ourselves in. And one example of that is, is over the last number of years, we've seen this rise of secularism in our culture. And, and secularism really is the removal of God from the public space and, and living life as if God does not exist. And defining good and evil and right and wrong on our own terms and, and thinking that God has no input on how we live our lives. And that's kind of where culture is at. But I don't know about you, but that bleeds into our church. And, and it can be hard at times to live as if God is ultimate reality in a culture that's constantly telling us that he's not real and has nothing to say about how we live our lives. And, and so many of us spend hours of our day cutting ourselves off in heart and spirit from the presence of God. And we can live our lives as if God has no impact on who we are. Because we're shaped by the culture and environment that we find ourselves in. It's why if you go to Boulder, you see a lot of people driving Subarus or Priuses, but like very few diesel trucks, right? If you go to Grand Junction, you're probably more likely to see diesel trucks than Subarus and Priuses. I don't make the rules. That's just the way it is. We're formed by the culture that we are around. And part of our heart for Wednesdays at Waterstone is that if we are being formed and deformed out of the image of God, if culture is trying to shift us away from the image of God, we need a more robust vision for discipleship and pursuit of Jesus to, to form us back into his image. Studies are showing that, that most Americans spend between six to eight hours a day ingesting digital content. That's somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 hours per year forming us to be like culture. If you attend Sunday morning every Sunday of the year and you're in a small group for two semesters of a year, you are on average engaging with about 150 hours of Christian community and discipleship. What do you think is going to win out in the end? We have to, to, to know that we are moving into a world that no longer shares our worldview, that's forming us out of the image of God, that, that wants us to live as if God is not real in our lives. And if we want to, to kind of push against that narrative, we have to have a more robust vision for discipleship. We have to step in to a vision where Jesus actually matters in our day-to-day -day lives. We are being formed by algorithms on Netflix and Facebook and podcasts. And so we want to, to add into that space formative environments where we can encounter Jesus and be discipled to become like him. And that's really not necessarily new. When you look at the church and, and throughout history, it's always kind of been about three things. Um, first, it, it's been about experiencing the presence of God, the gathering together of believers in Sunday morning uh, or Saturday night to worship God, to encounter the presence of God. And I believe that in a secular environment that's constantly telling us God is not real, one of the most formative things we can do is gather together and encounter the presence of God. We need the weekly reminder that God is real, that God is ultimate reality. That we need to, to experience the presence of the divine in our lives. And so the church has always been about experiencing the presence of God, and that will continue. And the church has always been about community groups, places that, that if, if the experience of the presence of God, if worship reminds us that God is real, community reminds us that we're not alone. 
that as we are following Jesus in this world that's trying to form us into the pattern of this world, we're not on our own. That, that following Christ and, and being a Christian is not a lonely road, that we are supposed to do that in community. And so that's why we have small groups and we have men's ministry and women's ministry and our young adults group and Bible studies and all of those will continue. But the purpose of those places is to, to meet people, to be known by people and to encourage one another to pursue Jesus more fully so we know that we're not alone. But something I think that's been missing from our church is the third thing that's often been true of the church, and that's formative environments for discipleship. And we've hoped that formation happens on the Sunday morning gathering. We've hoped that formation happens in small groups, and we hope that formation happens in, in community. But what we were realizing, and when we were gathering together of asking what's next for our church, is we were realizing it's really possible to read your Bible, go to church, and be in a small group, and still remain unchanged by the person of Jesus Christ. And so what does it look like for us to create space, formative environments where people can be intentionally discipled into the way of Jesus? And so that is what our core class is and what Wednesdays at Waterstone is going to be. This is kind of our, our new model for transformation at Waterstone. Our community groups, corporate worship, experiencing the presence of God, and core classes. Again, none of this is new. And some of you might be sitting here and thinking, wow, this is just kind of like basic Christianity, isn't it? Like Jesus calls us to be a disciple. He calls us to follow him, and, and that's true. But somewhere along the way, and I, I've grown up in the church for a long time, over the last number of years, I, I feel like there was a shift in church where we cared about getting converts and, and making Christians and making sure people heard the gospel that we forgot one of the primary functions of the church is making disciples. I think some of us are feeling a gap in our relationship with Jesus because we have forgotten that the call to be a Christian is not just simply to say, I believe in Jesus, but that I follow Jesus with all that I am. And so the church kind of moved away and it had things like leadership development or we called it mentoring or, or we kind of talked about, like avoided talking about the hard things because we didn't want to scare people away or make them think that Christianity was a works-based religion. And, and we, we fell so heavily into some of those categories, we forgot to call people to follow Jesus. But if you look at the Gospels, when Jesus interacts with people, more often than not, he, he, he asked them to follow him. This is just one example in Luke 9, verse 23. And it's a, a verse that you're probably very familiar with. This is Jesus. He said, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? A couple of things I want to pull out of that. Jesus says that, that we're supposed to follow him. And that's the command he gives more than any other command in the Gospels is follow me. Jesus doesn't ask you to trust in him. He doesn't ask you to, to convert to Christianity. He doesn't even say believe in him. He says come and follow me. If you read the Gospels, it's kind of shocking to see that Jesus more often than not is interested in making disciples than he is converting people to Christianity. And, and he's calling people to a robust following of him and to say that, that we are all in following Jesus and experiencing his transformation in our lives. 
And I think for, for many of us, we've forgotten this, and this is hopefully a call back that, that to follow Jesus is not a call just to get into heaven, but to follow him and bring heaven to earth, to live for his kingdom over and above our own. And with Wednesdays at Waterstone, we're hoping that that will begin to, to infuse some of our life and our church with this call to follow Jesus. But he also says in that verse to, to, that following him means to take up our cross daily and follow him. Take up our cross daily and follow him. That's because to be a disciple and follow the way of Jesus is we need to relearn that it is a commitment to die to self, to lose our life if we want to experience the full and abundant life that Christ offers us, that he has on offer for all of us. See, some of us, I think, we live a compartmentalized life where we're following Jesus is kind of just a hobby. And so we have our, our church life, but we have our work life and our family life and our dating life. And, our, and we have all of these different compartments. And Jesus is just the hobby that we add into those things. He's just the hobby that we do on weekends, like going skiing. But the problem is Jesus does not work as a hobby or as an addition to our lives. We don't ever experience the, the, the fruit, and it doesn't yield the kind of life that we're longing for if Jesus is just an addendum to our agenda. And this call to follow him, to take up our cross daily, is to, to recognize that Jesus is not our hobby. He is our rabbi. He is our teacher who, who has things to say about how we live our lives and, and practices we engage with and how we go about living our life. And so we've got to get back to this idea that, that we need to take up our cross daily and to follow him. And I don't know about you, but, but picking up a cross sounds like a terrible hobby. It just sounds like a terrible way to spend your time. And we've got to understand that this call to discipleship is a call to give all of ourselves in alignment to the person of Jesus Christ. This is where we start to get uncomfortable and we feel like a little bit that ah, that feels a lot like you've got to earn or works or, or what does it mean to, to like earn this or, or how do I engage with this? And this is why I love Jesus' call to discipleship. If, if you could throw that verse back up there for just a moment. Jesus, when he calls us to be disciples, notice who he calls, whoever. Whoever wants to be my disciple. The invitation is for all of us, which is a really radical thing in Jesus' day. In Jesus' day, most people were kind of like self-selected out of discipleship by the time they were 10. And it was only open to men at that time. Jesus is one of the only rabbis we know of in history who invited women to be his disciples. Remarkable. He, he really means whoever. It does not matter how devoted you are. It does not matter how much willpower you have. It does not matter how intelligent you are. It does not matter how committed you are. Whoever is invited, all of us are invited on this journey. The question is whether or not we will take it up and choose to follow him. Dallas Willard, to close, he said this, the greatest issue facing the world today, with all its heartbreaking needs, think about that. The, the greatest issue, and we've got war, we've got famine, we've got people who are hurting, we've got loneliness, we've got pandemics. Out of all of those things, the greatest issue facing the world today, with all of its heartbreaking needs, is whether those who by profession or culture, who are identified as Christians, will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners, 
of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of heaven into every corner of human existence. My hope and my pleading prayer is that we would be a community committed to to not just some program, but to a deeper level of discipleship where we can experience and encounter the transforming person of Jesus Christ. He is the most beautiful, authentic, kind, good person we could ever encounter. And some of us are not experiencing that in our walk with him. And so what does it look like to step into a a, a rediscover, to to reimagine, to to re-know what it means to follow him with all that we are, to be committed more fully to him? Will we take up the cross to follow Jesus and experience his overwhelming love, beauty, and kindness? That is my prayer for us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we know that, that uh, you are above um, programs, you are above uh, any kind of, of man-made or, or self-made initiative to pursue you. And yet, God, we do pray for our church. We want to experience the transformative power of discipleship to Jesus Christ. We want to get back to the heart of what it means to follow you. God, I pray that, that for those of us who are maybe feeling overwhelmed or, or, or confused, that, that you would just draw us to yourself. God, for those people who are experiencing crisis in faith and, and wondering where you're at in the midst of their life, I, I pray that they would see you want to meet them. God, I pray that, that each and every one of us here in this room or joining online, that God, we would experience the goodness of Jesus Christ that you would begin to change and transform us more into his likeness so that we could become like Jesus and live for others. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.